0: We welcome all of our new online listeners. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, the hosting pastor of Excel Church in IOM America. My wife Jane and I are blessed that you decided to join us. Excel represents exchange life. Our church is an outreach of IOM America. We believe all online services should be birthed from the Lord's localized ministry. We want you to know you have our permission to download and or forward this media to a hurting world. We live in troubling times. As global crises come and go, we need to be reminded that the Lord Jesus Christ is attempting to gain our attention, and we need to listen. Our media outreach, I Am Media Productions, demonstrates compassion in action. Everything we do sits upon the pedestal of compassion. So let's get started. Enjoy the worship, illustrative videos, prayer, and weekly message.
1: I'll give my heart, not just a part. I'm lifting up my everything. Well, it's all I have to offer. And it's all Use me today, I know you can. It's all
0: Father, today we come before you on behalf of many of your son's bridal members who are trapped in churches and cults that do not support the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of these members, they don't know what to do. They do not know how to get out from underneath these churches. Father, you know I'm a firm believer that the Church of Pergamum still to this day is prospering itself in countries all over the world. My burden today, Father, is that you would release these innocent people from any fellowship, any church, any religion that does not hold fast to your name and your teachings. I stand against those religions that deny the faith of your Son, Jesus Christ. I stand against those religions or churches or fellowships that continue to populate the teachings that are not of your word. I pray that they are moved to repentance. And for those of us who have the ability to encourage and implore others to get away from some of these institutions, I pray, Father God, that you would please put a mighty strength, a boldness within true, authentic believers to reach out to those that we know are trapped in these religions or fellowships that are not a part of your authentic gospel through your Son. We want to thank you for how you do care for your children, just as you sent an angel before all seven of the churches, each encouraging them. And I remember when you said to the Pergamum church that they hold fast to your name, they did not deny your faith, that they were faithful witnesses, They were faithful to you, even though many around them were deceived or maybe even killed. They held fast to their faith. So we thank you, Father, for believers like this who have to live and survive under such tyranny. We ask that as we move forward within the growing expectations that you have of the church that we would remain faithful. We would stay alive. And we would become a people of truth, that we would be your church, sharing the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hurting world. There is no other name for us to pray in besides the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us today in our message. We're on Revelation number 14 in our series on the book of Revelation. Today we're going to talk about a very sensitive topic and that is the church at Pergamum, literally noted in the scriptures as the throne place of Satan. Stay with us, stay focused, take plenty of notes because this church, is still active and alive in the world today. Let's get started. Pergamum, Satan's Dwelling Place. Let's take a look at our scripture for today. This is that of Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. And you said, To the angel of the church of Pergamum, write, The one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast my name, and did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have some who hold the teachings of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak, to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit acts of immorality. So you also have some who in the same way hold the teachings of the Nicolaitans. Therefore repent, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone, and a new name written on that stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Pergamum, the Hellenistic period. Hellenistic means Greek gods. Pergamum was an ancient Greek city in the modern day Turkey. Is located in the northwestern part of Antolia, Asia Minor, about 16 miles from the Aegean Sea, on a promontory on the north side of the Cacus River. It became an important kingdom during the Hellenistic period, under the Attalid dynasty, in the period of 281 through 133 BC. Today, The modern city of Pergamum is located nearby. Pergamum was considered the greatest worship center of all ages. The city was not known for commerce, but was the capital learning and educational expansion, much like America. It was embraced as the land of refinement, science, and particularly medicine. People traveled from all over the world as they knew it, To receive healing. This literally was the international healing place for mankind. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about this in a few moments. But this place of healing was literally the throne place of Satan. And there's some connections we need to remember. Let's talk a little bit about the horn moon goddess. Diana was the idol goddess. Choice of Ephesus. And the god, Dionysus, was Smyrna's choice. Pergamum was the most ungodly as they worship idols at Satan's throne. Jesus tells us in Revelation 2.13 that this was the place of Satan's dwelling. The temple, Asclepius, was the bragging rights of the locals. Within this temple was the wreathed serpent And behind that serpent was Satan, the old serpent. This idol was used in rituals for healing the sick. Special note here is our medical symbol of the two serpent snakes comes from this temple. The staff is historically described as Moses' staff, and the two snakes represent the Pharaoh's magician's two snakes, which attempt to devour Moses. The wing symbol behind the snakes and the rod represents the wings of the angel of light, Satan himself. Now, Remember the rod in the middle represents Moses' staff. Now the irony here is that reading biblical stories and the history of this particular event in the Old Testament, we know that Moses placed his staff on the floor and it turned into a snake and devoured the other two snakes. Satan's symbol got popularized as the two snakes did not get devoured but have control over the Moses staff. Satan not only tried to bring the church of Pergamum down through persecution, but also through education. This cultural and educational center of the world tried to infiltrate the church in order to destroy its true character, and living testimonies by way of education equals transformation. He, Satan, used highly trained and educated religious men to cause the members to question the simplicity of their faith and the simplicity of the gospel. The Pergamum church began to buy into the satanic beliefs of Balaam. Now remember, Balaam, 700 B.C., originally was a non-Israelite demonic prophet, an antichrist of sorts, whom Balak, the king of Moab, urged the curse upon the Israelis, who were about to invade Moab. God stopped Balaam and did not grant him permission to curse his people. The king of Moab was the eternal symbol of the beast, and Balaam was the eternal symbol of the false prophet. The reason we know this is because they kept popping up throughout continuous history. Peter even spoke of them in the New Testament as well. In 2 Peter 2.15 it says, Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Boar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. The time stamp on the address of Pergamum is about 313 AD, since the teachings and practices of Balaam and Balak were the ruling doctrines during this time, the spread of those teachings went throughout all of Asia Minor. This is a very significant point. We learn in this passage that Satan does truly have an earthly throne at all times. Let's talk about the Temple Seraphim. The church of Pergamum held fast to their faith, in spite of Satan having his headquarters right there in their city. In fact, the Indwell Christian church worshipped and housed itself in the red basilica, and that is this temple, Serapum. But the church as a whole was struggling with the idea of embracing the teachings from the temple Aslipius. The appeal was the educational aspect of this University of Satan. It sounded right. After all, they had stories of healing. The majority of the people followed the teachings of this temple. God also addresses the fact that they were holding to the teachings of Nicolaitans, who put a priest between God and man. Does that church sound familiar? This is what God classifies as a spiritual fornication and formation. The church is married to Christ. Any other relations with other gods is morality and idolatry to God. Pergamum's greatest downfall was the toleration of evil men and allowing these satanic graduates to teach in their fellowship. Seriously, can you imagine that? If you could just think of the most vile, evil, wicked training institute who teaches demonic doctrines, and inviting that person to come in and speak from your pulpit, that's what was going on here. We literally have Balaam's representatives in this church. We have Balaam representatives in our churches today. They're everywhere. They use their satanic graduate degrees to convince the body of half-baked truths. The truths sound good and seem to work, but they're not blessed by God. Pergamum is still with us today. While it is true that America closely resembles Pergamum, I would not call the United States the modern-day Pergamum, One of the most alarming facts for the church today is the standard and requirements our churches have placed on pastors getting a degree in theology before being accepted as an ordained pastor or being given the privilege to preach the gospel. Yes, it is true that America is one of the only countries that require by law pastors to be certified or licensed by the state in order to perform the sacraments. How we got from God picking his pastors to the state approving our pastors is a short walk in the park, the Pergamum Park. How do we discover a Pergamum church today? Well, watch for two things. Number one, Christian women goddesses dominating the governance of the church. And two, educational requirements to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was only a few short years ago when women were not allowed to lead, preach, or teach from the pulpit. Today, it's a dominating movement that has taken place and sweeping throughout most churches. That's why this is very key in watching for some of the Pergamon beliefs that have infiltrated our church today. This whole thing about educational requirements to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ is beyond ridiculous. God has always preached through some of the most humble and uneducated and untrained men since the first days of the gospel. Peter and John themselves were accused of being uneducated and untrained. But what they did identify as observers is that they were with this Jesus. That's the requirement of being able to preach the gospel. That we have been with this Jesus. We have been indwelt by this Jesus. We are being able, willing to manifest the Holy Spirit within us, the life of Christ, to preach to a hurting world. God challenges the Pergamum church to repent quickly because he's about to come and make war with them with his own mouth. Their rewards were supernatural provisions, you know, like a white stone with their name on it, as well as the great reward of eternal life. So when we read, when we hear, Therefore repent, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. We don't know what that means completely, and we probably will not understand it until we're on the other side. But there's a great gift given to those who survive the liberal progressive thinking of the Pergamum Church. Until next time.